I'm going to start out this morning <clears throat> Jeremiah chapter 37. will also be in Ezekiel 37, uh, Jeremiah 37, Jerusalem is being uh, attacked time and again by uh, Babylon is the, is the context here. And uh, Jeremiah has prophesied this. And, uh, the leaders are believing he is discouraging the, the troops and the resistance, which he is because they're supposed to yield. <laughs> uh, and so finally they put him into a dungeon and as uh, the context around uh, where we are reading here, <clears throat> verse 16. When Jeremiah was entered into the dungeon and into the cabins, and Jeremiah had remained there many days, then Zedekiah the king sent and took him out. And the king asked him secretly in his house and said, Is there any word? From the Lord. And Jeremiah said, There is. For said he, Thou shalt be delivered into the hand of the king of Babylon. <clears throat> Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you for the amazing grace that you have shown to our country. I thank you for the freedoms that we have, especially this freedom of speech and freedom of religion. All that to speak of thee and to worship thee. Lord, I thank you and I, and I praise your name. I pray and ask, Father, for the filling of your spirit to minister your word today. Fill my dear wife with your spirit ministering the word and sign. I thank you for uh, the Bible lesson this morning from Philippians and the, the adult class here and for the children's Sunday school class. I thank you for uh, the word gone to the children. Father, how blessed we are to have your word, to be the light, uh, to guide our way, and the banner that we hold high. Uh, Father, I pray for our country, and, and I pray, do pray for the revival that the, the children sang of. We need to repent and turn back to you. And, uh, and yet, uh, even in our troubles and trials, Father, I, I wouldn't want to live any, in any other country myself. I am thankful for your grace and mercies and blessings upon this land. And I pray that you would speak to leaders, especially those who know you, that they may do all they can to help our country uh, turn unto thee. We might see uh, blessings, uh, Father, and, uh, and, and deliverance and mercies, Father, uh, from thee. And Lord, uh, I pray your word to go forth today and just save souls and change lives and help us to draw closer to you that Christ would be glorified and, and your church would be edified. Father, we do pray. We do ask these things in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> I could have someone get me a glass of water. I would appreciate it. Thank you, Brother Charlie.
Is there any word from the Lord? Was Zedekiah's question to Jeremiah. Jeremiah had been telling him all along as the king of Babylon's army encompassed Jerusalem and such. If you surrender and go out to him, it'll be well with you. At one point, Zedekiah was worried. Now, the Jews that have already surrendered to him, they'll turn me over to him and they'll torture me and all this. Jeremiah said, it won't happen. God will keep you. Surrender. But he continually refused. His message didn't change. He came to Jeremiah later after he's been put in the dungeon. The prison of prisons, I guess you might say. Is there any word from the Lord? And we heard it. The message didn't change. Yes, there is, Jeremiah said. The king of Babylon's going to conquer this and, and, and take you cap captive. And of course, that was because what? He'd not obeyed. He'd refused to surrender. Even though Jeremiah had been encouraging him, encouraging him, encouraging him. Jeremiah is quite a patriot, amen? He loved his country. He wept for his country. He didn't want to see the judgment of God fall. He wanted it to be delayed, perhaps. And, and by the way, God has done that multiple times when uh, nations have turned to him. Amen. We see that throughout the scripture. Is there any word from the Lord? <clears throat> Thank God there's, there is a word from the Lord. In correlation with the message this morning, I want to go ahead and read also in Ezekiel 37. Where Ezekiel is called to see a vision. Ezekiel 37, he was, Ezekiel was taken captive into Babylon. Jeremiah himself uh, was not. He ended up staying in the land and then being carried off into Egypt. But Ezekiel had been taken captive into Babylon along with, along with Daniel and, and some of the earlier captivities. And Ezekiel writes, The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I, and I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, Prophesy unto these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones. Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live. Ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a shaking. And the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them. And the skin covered them above. But there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army
I think what God is doing here, that's, I think that is prophetic of God is going to raise up the nation of Israel once again. Of course, Ezekiel and Jeremiah and Daniel are seeing their nation literally trodden down. This is supposed to be God's people. They're looking for a Messiah to come and to be that prominent nation upon the earth. By the way, that happened again in the millennium. But to see that, the things that they saw, Jeremiah and Ezekiel, and, and we're hearing about the report, you know, those who are in captivity in Babylon, we're hearing about those destructions. It must have been so hard to take. It's almost like God is stirring Ezekiel. Don't lose hope. Look what I can do. Nothing is too hard for me. I think about that valley of dry bones. What a mess. What confusion. What hopelessness. And I'm thankful for this country. But right now, we are probably as divided as I've ever seen it. Frankly, it's just the way it is. And I'm praying for our country. Brethren, if there's an answer, we have it. This is the only answer right here. What do we do now in this situation, preacher? We keep on going. Amen. We keep on preaching. Because this is the hope right here. And we have the answer. Is there any word from the Lord? Zedekiah said, Thank God there's a word from the Lord. Amen. There are more than 3,800 places in the Old Testament alone which say something like, Thus saith the Lord. Or the word of the Lord came to me. If I remember correctly, in Ezekiel, there's pretty much two of those for every chapter in Ezekiel. Thirty-eight hundred places. Uh, we have this book that has the, the, the two testaments, Old and New Testament, divided up into 66 books. 1,189 chapters. Uh, 31, some 31,000 verses, seven, more than 770,000 words. I'm glad we have a word from the Lord, folks. <laughs> and I'm glad God decided to sow Ezekiel his power. Watch this. See that vision, that valley that you're looking at? Watch what I can do when you speak what I command you to speak. When I, my word works. Thank God we have a word from the Lord. Isaiah 48. The grass withereth. The flower fadeth. But the word of God. What standeth. Will stand. Shall stand forever. Amen. All scripture. Given by inspiration of God. Is profitable for doctrine. For reproof. For correction. For instruction. In righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect. Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. I'm so thankful. That this word is what we need. And that God has given it to us. Those bones represent people. All kinds of people that had died apparently. Maybe in some battle or whatever it might be. God doesn't give us the specifics on that. I'm going to cast a broad net this morning and use that. Valley of dry bones for an illustration. Because I believe they, they can represent all kinds of people. I wonder what kinds of people those bones represent. By the way, those bones who God was able to give life to. And to bring them back together. To raise them up. People can, anybody can get saved. Romans 1, 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Amen. Through that word, that gospel, a word from the Lord. And Paul wrote to Timothy, 
Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. What do we need to do going forward, preacher? We need to continue in them. Preaching them. Getting the word out. What if they don't receive it? If they don't receive it, they don't receive it. That's their choice. Our choice is to, to deliver the truth in love. Amen. And in faithfulness. And, in a, and while we're walking with him and living it and applying it to our own lives. It's so powerful. So powerful, Paul could say this in Acts 20, 32. He writes, he's, he has met with the, the elders at Ephesus. He's, he, he's, he's going to uh, stop by. He's headed to Jerusalem, and, and he's, meet, he's met them at, at Miletus outside of the, on the coast, away from Ephesus. doesn't have time to go into Ephesus, but he's talking to these elders. He's not going to see them again. And he says, and now, brethren, I commend you to God. Here it is. And to the word of his grace which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them that are sanctified. Isn't that good news? Paul says, I've given you the word. And by the way, it's enough. It's able to build you up. It has the power to make you all God wants you to be. I can rest in the fact that the word of God's grace will do it. And the word of God's grace can help our country, folks. And it can help us as God's people uh, to grow in the grace and knowledge of him. What a daunting task <clears throat> Ezekiel had been given. I think of the, of the word of God. Our country was built on has a has a has a Christian Judeo Christian heritage. Some of the most important monuments, buildings, and landmarks in Washington D.C. include uh, religious words, symbols, imagery. The state's capital, the Declaration in God We Trust, prominently displayed in the United States House and Senate chambers. In God We Trust. By the way. That's not some generic God. You keep reading uh, the inscriptions uh, in, in, in our country's capital, and we find it's the God of the Bible. It's the God, the only, the one true God, the God of our Judeo-Christian heritage. Images of the Ten Commandments are found in many federal buildings across Washington, D.C., Also, the United States Supreme Court. The Washington Monument, Jefferson Memorial, Lincoln Memorial. Inscriptions of Scripture. The Washington Monument. An inscription, Holiness to the Lord. Ezekiel 28, 26. 30, 30. Isaiah 23, 18, and other places. Also, search the scriptures, John 5, 39. The memory of the just is blessed, Proverbs 10, 7. And praise be to God is engraved on that monument's capstone. The Jefferson Memorial there's our, there are quotes from Jefferson inscribed in there. And I found this one interesting. In the Jefferson Memorial. <clears throat> Quote. God who gave us life. Gave us liberty. Can the liberties of a nation be secure. When we have removed a conviction. That these liberties are the gift of God. Indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just and his justice cannot sleep forever. End quote. <laughs> There's no doubt the God our forefathers were talking about. And by the way, the book they were getting these from, our King James Bible.
Library of Congress inscriptions. The light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. John 1.5 Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. Proverbs 4.7 What doth the Lord require of thee? But to do justly. And to love mercy. And to walk humbly with thy God. Micah 6 8. And by the way that is not them all. There are, there are plenty more. For the sake of time. The, the point is made. We know the foundation. That our country has been built upon. What a crowd Ezekiel looked out there at that valley. <laughs> Dead, dry bones. Scattered about everywhere. Dry, dead, lifeless. But preach the word, Ezekiel. Prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O oh, ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. <laughs> Watch bone come to bone in unity. Watch the flesh come upon them. Preach to the wind, Ezekiel. Watch me breathe the spirit of life into them, God would tell him. Watch them stand to their feet, an exceeding great army. We have a powerful, powerful God. I think about those bones and I wonder what kind of people they represented. Number one, a word from the Lord can save the down and out. People in our country in all situations, as they are in every country, but I have good news for you. The word from the Lord can save the down and out. You see, our Bible tells us there's nothing more honorless, uh, there's nothing more down and out than an honorless burial. Here all these bones lay in the, open, in the open valley. But look what God was able to do. Down and out. Jeremiah 22, 18. Uh, giving prophecy concerning Jehoiakim. Thus saith the Lord concerning Jehoiakim. Uh, the king of Judah. They shall not lament for him, saying, Ah, my brother, or ah, sister. They shall not lament for him, saying, Ah, Lord, or ah, his glory. He shall be buried with the burial of an ass, drawn and cast forth beyond the gates of Jerusalem. That's an honor, honorless burial. Being just cast out, like those bones were laying in that valley. Jeremiah, or... Uh, uh, Solomon uh, talked about that in Ecclesiastes as he, as he thought about life. If a man, Ecclesiastes 6.3, if a man beget a hundred children and live many years, so the days of his years be many, and his soul be not filled with good, and also that he have no burial, I say that an untimely birth is better than he. The down and out. The down and out. Proverbs 30, 17. The eye that mocketh at his father and despiseth to obey his mother. What? The ravens of the valley shall pick it out and the young eagles shall eat it. There it lay. There lays the corpse in the valley where all can get to it. An honorless burial. But God, I'm on page three. God is watching. Showing Ezekiel what he can do with all this. There's hope for the down and out, folks. God's word's able. And uh, God's word's able. No drunkard or prostitute or junkie is beyond the saving and transforming power of the word of God. Amen. No one. 
the, the Samaritan woman at the well was no Sunday school teacher. She had been married five times, and the sixth one she was with, she didn't bother marrying. All the circumstances of her life seemed to point to a life struggling in sin. Here she comes out noontime after the water when the women generally come out during the morning while it's still cool. And she comes out in the middle of the day. She goes back to the city and tells the men of the city. Seems he was ostracized by the women. She was down and outer. But what did Jesus uh, do for this woman? If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked him, and he would have given thee living water. I have a word for you. <laughs> and he confronted her sin. She had to be confronted with that. But after he confronted her with her sin and showed her that he was the Messiah who had come to forgive those things, she did ask for that living water. <laughs> Give me this water. She believed. Is not this the Messiah? And that down and outer, folks, was helped. Morally, she, everybody else was better than her, I'm sure they thought. Jesus didn't see any difference between her and anyone else. He saw her need as a sinner to be forgiven by him. And that receiving him, she'd have all she'd need. The down and outer. You can say the down and outer, the word uh, of the Lord. I think of that man born blind. He'd have been a down and, down and outer in John uh, 9, 6 and following, uh, a social outcast. Born blind, all he can do is beg all his life. Remember what happened? Jesus, when he had spoken, spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle and anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. Said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. This one who would have been a social outcast, so to speak, oh, had a word from the Lord. Oh, put mud in my, mud in my eyes and go wash in the pool. Okay. He, he hadn't even seen Jesus. Jesus wasn't there when he washed his eyes. He came seeing and he really didn't know who it was that healed him. He, he met him later, didn't he? What did Jesus uh, say when he met him later? He said, <clears throat> he found him, he said, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? He answered, said, Well, who is he, Lord, that I may believe on him? Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. And Jesus said, For judgment I am come into this, into this world, that they which see not might see, and that they which see might be made blind. You see, what Jesus was saying there is, if you think you're okay without the forgiveness of your sins through faith in Christ Jesus, you are still blind. <laughs> But if you realize that you're a sinner and can't go to heaven with your, lest your sin be forgiven uh, by Jesus Christ, now you have been made to see. <laughs> and you can call upon his name for the forgiveness of those sins. You may have been blind not knowing, what do I do? What is the answer? But praise God, Jesus is the answer. Amen. The down and outer. <clears throat> the word of God can save the up and out. <laughs> One rich man said, uh, he was thankful for the M in, in the verse when Jesus said, not many noble are called, not many mighty. 
I think about that valley of dry bones. Oftentimes, it was the leaders and the rulers who were first to die once the city was uh, breached. Because they led, the, you know, they led the resistance. And Babylon especially and others were more, were more merciful, what? To the poor. Those who just had to follow along with what their leaders said or else. And the sacking of Jerusalem was no exception. Second Kings 25.12 But the captain of the guard, uh, Babylon, left of the poor of the land to be vine dressers and husbandmen. Jeremiah uh, 39.10 and 2 Kings uh, 25.12 And also uh, the Bible tells us that when Zedekiah was taken out the king who'd asked Jeremiah that question the, the king of Babylon judged him and put out his eyes but before he put out his eyes he killed all his sons before him and the rulers carried Zedekiah away to, to Babylon. A word. No doubt among those bones there were some rulers, some, uh, some, uh, some uh, 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 people that had power and authority. And what? God was able to what? Raise them up. Bring that miracle of life to them. I think of the up and the up and I think about Nicodemus. Seems he was a member of the Sanhedrin, and he was among the rulers. Who, uh, he was among all these rulers. Here at Nicodemus is he's a believer. He's he's surrounded with all these rulers that 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 that, that don't believe in Jesus. Matter of fact, they'll lie in whatever way they can lie just to maintain their power. That might be applicable today for some people. We got some rulers that every, everything around. You say, well, what do they do? Just what Nicodemus did, amen. <laughs> you look to the Lamb of God. He'll give you the strength to be the testimony wherever you are, whoever's around you. He would say to the group, Nicodemus, Doth our law judge any man before it hear him and know what he doeth? John 7 51. By the way, uh, when Jesus was crucified, of course, we know Nicodemus came to him asking about eternal life and such in John 3. And then when Christ was crucified, there came also Nicodemus, which at the first came to Jesus by night and bought a mixture of myrrh and aloes and a hundred pound weight. There was another that came with him. What was his name? Joseph of Arimathea. And by the way, he was a wealthy man. Uh, he was one of Jesus' disciples. <clears throat> he begged the body of Jesus, and Pilate commanded the body to be given to him. Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn out in a rock, in the rock. He rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulchre and departed. These were some up and outers that had a word from the Lord and they were helped I think about Lydia when Paul uh, came into Philippi ministering there Lydia was already a believer by the way she believed in the God of the Old Testament she was already living in, in faith in the God of the Old Testament she was meeting faithfully with the other there was no synagogue in Philippi so they, were, so they had a habit of reading, uh, of meeting out there by the river. She was among the faithful meeting out there. So she's, got, she's already got an open heart to, to the Old Testament scriptures. And she's been receiving that. Acts 16, 14 tells us, She was a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God. This is her, her story. Whose heart the Lord opened... And she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. She's already worshiping God. She's well to do. She's a seller of purple. Expensive fabric in those days to dye the purple and such. And 
And as she heard the, uh, uh, the preachings of the Apostle Paul, God opened her heart to that as well. Um, she, she heard it and believed it and received it. In the Bible, and she says in, the, in verse 15, And when she was baptized and heard in her household, she besought us, saying, If ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. She insisted that the believers meet at her place. If ye have judged me to be faithful. See, she'd already had a relationship with God. But she was open to receive more light as it came. That, and, the, and so she received Christ. And the forgiveness of sins that would come through Christ alone. Just as Cornelius was warned of God in a dream. He was already seeking. But what did God say? Go get Peter. He's got a message you need to hear and heed. By the way, that's exactly what Cornelius did. Amen. Got saved. So many. Great. Even great folk. Great people. John Wanamaker. The great... Uh, uh, Philadelphia millionaire and uh, Andrew Kraft, J.C. Penney, William Colgate, all millionaires who had the testimony that they had come to faith in Jesus Christ. A word uh, can save the up and out. <clears throat> I've given this story before. I'll give it now again. Uh, <clears throat> William Borden. <clears throat> In the early 1900s, 16-year-old William Borden, he graduated from a Chicago high school. He was going to be heir to the Borden uh, milk uh, uh, fortune. Before Borden began his Ivy League education at Yale, his parents sent him on a trip around the world for his graduation present. Earlier in his life, he'd come to Christ through the preaching of D.L. Moody. While on his trip around the world, something happened that no one expected. As Borden traveled through Asia and the Middle East and Europe, he felt a growing burden for the world's hurting people. Borden wrote a letter to his parents and informed them that he wanted to spend the remainder of his life being a missionary. Upon hearing the news, one of his friends remarked that he would be throwing his life away as a missionary. Upon his return, Borden went on to Yale University and graduated. He then studied and graduated from Princeton Theological Seminary. And when he finished his Ivy League education, he boarded a ship for China to serve as a missionary. Due to his passion to reach the Muslim people, he stopped in Egypt to learn the Arabic language. While he was in Egypt, 25-year-old Borden contracted spinal meningitis and within a month he was dead when the news of Borden's death was cabled back to the United States nearly every major, major American newspaper reported on it as stated in his biography quote a wave of sorrow went around the world. He not only gave up his fortune, but himself to be a missionary. Borden had walked away from his wealthy fortune to take the gospel of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. Most regarded it as a tragedy. However, God took the tragedy and did something far greater than Borden could ever do himself. When thousands of young men and women read Borden's story in the newspapers of America, it inspired them to leave all they had 
and give their life to reach the nations of the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. When Borden's parents were given his Bible, they found the following. Just after he renounced his fortune to go to missions, he wrote the words, no reserve. His father told him he would always have a job in the company. Then at a later point, his father told him he would never let him work in the company again. At this point, Borden wrote in his Bible, quote, no retreat. Then they discovered in his Bible these words, written shortly before his death in Egypt, no regret. No reserve, no retreat, and no regret. By the way, if we're lacking one of those first two, we'll have, we'll have the last, amen, we'll have some regret. Was his life a waste? Not from God's perspective. God used it in a mighty way. He might be one that we considered, you know, one of those up and outs. A word from the Lord can save the up and out. Thirdly, a word from the Lord can stabilize the in and out. Some of those people, those bones, might have been the in and out type. What am I talking about? Well, in times of war and unrest, the villages outside the, the walled cities and stuff would often flee to the walled city or wherever they could play, find a place to hide. And then when things died down, they'd go back, and if their village was still left and they had a place to go, they, they'd go back to live there. So they were in and out. There's probably some of those bones, those people represented those bones in that valley. And... God has given us illustrations, even, even among his great disciples, of their resolve being kind of in and out at times. Yet the word of the Lord can, can stabilize the in and out. We think about Peter. I'll die with you. I'll never deny you. But yes, he did. But then in John 21, Jesus had the grace to meet him on the beach. The resurrected Christ called to Peter who had gave up preaching to go back to fishing. Children, have you any meat? They hadn't caught anything. Cast on the other side of the ship and you shall find. They caught more naked, more naked handle. They came in there. Jesus already had breakfast going. Dish and bread. You remember those words? Peter, lovest thou me? Lovest thou me, lovest thou me more than these, these nets. You're going to serve me, Peter. You're going to be faithful. You know what? We don't read about Peter leaving the ministry after that. He had some problems within the ministry after that. But Peter stuck. You know why? Because a word from the Lord can change the in and out. Amen. And we can, be, we can be encouraged. We can be encouraged by that. <clears throat> I think about Thomas, who doubted the Lord. <clears throat> Unless I see the print in his hand and the, thrust my hand to the side, I won't believe. He, he wasn't there at that meeting on that resurrection day. Resurrection morning. But Jesus, in his wonderful grace, showed up next week. <laughs> we'll see if he's here next week. And of course, he knew. <laughs> and what did he tell Thomas? You know, come. Put your finger in the print. Thrust your hand in, you know, in my side. But Thomas uh, answered and said, he said, and be not faithless, faithless, but believing, Jesus says. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. Tradition tells us he went on to India, others. Uh, some different uh, debates out there about that, but, but it seems he was faithful. And then fourthly and finally, a word from the Lord. 
By the way, all of this represents the kind of people that are in our nation, amen? And we see how the word of the Lord is what they need, is what we need. It'll stir the out and out. See, some of those may have been very well people who preached the word of God. People who were faithful. It'll stir the out and out. Paul told Timothy, wrote, wrote there, 1 Timothy 1.6, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee. Fight the good fight of faith, 1 Timothy 6.12. Peter wrote in 2 Peter 1.1, 1, 1, This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up, uh, your pure minds by way of remembrance. The out and out, even the sold out. Listen, you don't remain sold out for Christ without getting stirred up at times by the Spirit. And we need that continually. Paul wrote to Timothy, 2 Timothy 3.1, I charge thee therefore before God, uh, who shall judge the quick and the dead that is appearing in his kingdom? Preach the word. That's what we need to keep doing. Is preaching the word. Living the word. Witnessing when God gives us the opportunities uh, to do that. And being stirred up in the word. I'm thankful for the preaching of the word of God in this place. I know it stirs my, my soul and like Brother Chris mentioned, sometimes it makes me want to go crawl under a rock and hide under it and get, and get some things. You know, God help me to grow. You know, but we need that, don't we? We need that in our hearts. This word is what we need. Uh, having just gone camping, I close with this illustration: <clears throat> the campfire. Uh, we have gone camping many times with our uh, kids and grandkids. And, but this is actually, we, go, we usually kind of go to the same place. This is actually, I think, the first year with the grandchildren there that we were allowed to build fires. Because it's, it, it's a high desert. And we found out, you know, even, even uh, this trip... July 1st was the cutoff. Fire department said, no more. So we had a couple of days up to then where we, they actually, we actually got to build fires. And so we enjoyed that and, and sitting around the fire and such. And By the way, we enjoyed sitting in the, in the RV watching the Wednesday night service. That was a blessing. And uh, we were singing the songs, you know, and, and it was pretty packed. And so uh, I'm sure folks were thinking, what, what in the world are they, they doing in there, you know? And uh, what a blessing. Sitting around the campfire. If a campfire isn't stirred and provided with fuel, its heat will wane and its light will grow dim. When it's stirred, the ashes which are suffocating the fire are moved aside so oxygen can get to the coals. The coals are stoked and stirred from their resting place. So they begin to glow, that fresh glow again. And the light and the heat is once again witnessed and felt by all. And that's the way we need to be. We need to be stirred. We need to put out the things in our lives like uh, brother Chris was saying that, that don't carry us on through to eternity things that are a hindrance of our testimony here and our labor for here and not really a benefit much for eternal blessings there putting these things out so the light can burn brighter I think about the fuel of, for the campfire the word of God it needs heat. What's, what, what does a fire need? It needs heat. It needs uh, fuel. 
and it needs what's the oxygen. That's the three things that a fire needs. What's the oxygen that we could we could liken that to the spirit, pneuma, air, the the, the word there, spirit. We need the Holy Spirit of God. The fuel we need to feed upon the manna of God's word. Amen. And the heat. We need to have a zeal for these things. We need to be zealous. Brother Chris is saying this morning lesson. These things don't just happen, folks. We don't just wake up, you know, thinking, you know, having, you know, uh, uh, thinking that, wow, I, uh, I really feel like being godly today. And no, it takes zeal, don't it? It takes our seeking and our recognizing that that smut and that, that, that junk that's, that, that, that's putting out the fire and, that, and that's dimming the light and, and dulling the heat and put them aside so we can be witnesses for Christ in the day hear his voice behind us saying this is the way walking in it all along during the day wanting to sense and know his presence with us and to please him along the way we, this word, is the answer for our country. Amen. And they need, they need for us, this church, and like churches, but whether they be small, as uh, this, smaller than this, or far greater than this, long as they're preaching this word and applying it to the life, those, that's what our nation needs. Amen. And we need to be faithful uh, in, in continuing in these things as the Apostle Paul encouraged Timothy. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you uh, for this great nation. And Father, I pray you'd help us to love our neighbor. Father, to love you and to be the best citizen of heaven, first of all, that you'd have us to be. And if we'll do that, we'll be the best citizen of our country that we can be we pray for our leaders for wisdom we pray for salvation for those among our leaders who would hear the gospel they might be saved and those that are saved you give them opportunities to work courage and strength they need to live in a difficult day but father you i pray have reminded us as no doubt was re refreshing to ezekiel Nothing is too hard for you. And your word, a word from the Lord uh, can make all the difference. And so I pray you'd help us to remember that. And Father, to be different, to be made different by you. And then by your grace working through us, we pray that you'd help us to make a difference and be you working through us. And all, Father, for the glory of your name. Lord, we do pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.